When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hello and welcome to Feeling Blue, part of the Block M Podcast Network here with you on Wednesday night, April 26th, headed into Thursday, April 27th. And with uh, spring starting to wind down, summer right around the corner, things are certainly heating up for the Michigan Wolverines on the recruiting trail. A lot to get to on that front. Uh, some transfer news surrounding the, the post-spring sort of mini exodus for the Wolverines as well. And uh, to talk about it all, my partner Scotty White here joining. What's up, Scotty? How we doing, man? Doing pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pumped about recruiting. It's been another great week for the 2024 class, and and also just a continued shout out to the transfer portal for the uh, nonstop content for us to <laughs> get us through this off season. Yeah, you ain't kidding there, man. But holy what! And the the way everything is spaced out for Michigan on the recruiting trail has certainly helped in that department as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's it's we're we're really starting to see how uh these these future Michigan teams are going to shape up and yeah, I mean like I said it just every single week it just seems like we're getting more and more news. Um obviously the transfer portal does close on April 30th. Um but man, I'm sure that these these next 4 3 4 days are going to be pretty packed with stuff. Yeah, you're not kidding, man, but I mean this week was was as good as it gets if you're a recruiting fan and looking towards the uh, future of Michigan football here because uh, a couple of massive recruits uh, that came in yesterday and the biggest one probably being uh, Brady Pricecorn out of uh, Rochester, Michigan, coming in as the number two composite ranked tight end 
in the entire country. Michigan goes four for four uh, with that famous picture, you know, with Jaden Davis and, and Jordan Marshall yeah. and Blake Frazier. And um, man, to 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 get that one, it, it's going to be big because Michigan obviously uses the tight end so incredibly well. And this kid, real chance to be a star. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, just like you said, the tight end is such a crucial position at Michigan. Um, and, you know, people could look at their recruiting and, you know, look at current teams and say, well, you know, where are the wide receivers? And, you know, there's transfer wide receivers happening. But at the end of the day, the tight end position, it's, you know, Michigan's got that bully style of football where they just rely on the tight ends more than wide receivers um, and not saying that the wide receiver position still isn't important. Um, obviously it's a crucial position on the offense. Um, and I think Michigan's going to get that taken care of. Um, but yeah, to see the kind of talent that Michigan's pumped out at the tight end position in past years, I mean, we've got Jake, Butt, um, Luke Schoonmaker is going to be hearing his name called in the draft this week. Um, and now we've got Loveland, Colson Loveland um, on the team and just more, commits coming in at the position and it's just the the future of, of that spot is looking extremely bright right now. And then of course, later that night, uh, Jared Smith, four-star defensive end uh, committing to Michigan out of Connecticut and uh, really just putting a cap on it. And ultimately vaulting the Wolverines to the number one spot right now in the 247 composite uh, team recruiting rankings. Now, this is, I understand it's April, you know, so I'm not like, you know, it's obviously not an end-all be-all for me. It's just, it, it's kind of neat to see. Like, I, it's not something I would have expected to to really see, especially after last year, you know, in the, in the recruiting yeah. class. Like, yeah, Michigan, you know, probably going to fight for a top 10 class in, in that. Um, I don't think Michigan finishes uh, number one, but I, I'd imagine, I, I, th- I think top five, is okay. probably pretty legit at this point that Michigan is going to finish with a top five class as long as they continue to take care of business on the field and don't lose any of these guys out of this class. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is this is what we've been waiting for after that first win against Ohio State that led to the Big Ten Championship in the playoff. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we didn't really see it last year um, in the 2023 class. Um, but, you know, another season of, you know, putting it all together and, and, and repeating everything, um, and now it's it's all coming to fruition and we're seeing this really special class taking shape. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's still extremely early on in this class. And, you know, Michigan State around this time last year going into the summer months, they were having some some good recruiting momentum. And, you know, us Michigan fans were giving them crap about getting excited for it. But, you know, anytime your rival gets excited about anything, you got to give them crap for it. So I'm sure they'll do the same for us. Um, but at the end of the day, like you said, if, if if Michigan can continue to do what they've been doing on the field, these kind of classes are going to stick. And, and that's the reason why it didn't stick for Michigan State, because they put up a five and seven season right after. Um, so, I mean, if Michigan keeps taking care of business on the field and doing what they've done the past couple of years, we're going to keep seeing classes like this. Um, and yeah, I, I, like you said, it's, um, I'd be, I'd be pretty surprised if we hold the number one spot, but I mean, top five is, is certainly, uh, something to strive for. And it, it's certainly looking like it should end up being a much better class than 2023. Um, but I mean, dude, like you see what Michigan's doing on the field. And if you're a running back, a tight end, a, a defensive end, I mean, why, why don't you come to Michigan, man? I mean, you see these offensive linemen, I mean, you see, how they're utilized and you see Michigan continuously pumping out. I mean, two straight 
Joe Moore award winners that are winning offensive line groups. Um, you see how good the, the, the defense is every year in the defensive line. Um, we just keep, keep producing uh, on the field during the season. And we're going to keep seeing a lot of classes like this. Well, here, here's the thing too, right? Like this is part of the equation of, okay, you, you didn't quite get, you haven't gotten to the top of the sport of college football, right? But you've gotten damn close. You've gotten to the top of the Big Ten. You've beat Ohio State back-to-back years. You're back-to-back Big Ten champs. You got over that hump. Now how do you sustain it, right? right. Like that's that's the question. 2022, you sign a, a top 10 class. You kind of take a, a little bit of um, a step back last year uh, in that department. And now this year, it's balls to the wall. Like this is... Like Michigan going this hard this early is not something you really see. Like you even go back to the 2022 class that finished number nine in the the 247 composite. A lot of that, you know, was late, right? Like like yeah. they went and got a a lot of guys, um, kind of kind of late. Like Keon Sab was a, uh, um, which call it a a flip from Clemson, you know, mm-hmm. and. They had to, I mean, I see Derek Moore was December 15th, Darius Clemens, December 15th, Alex Orgy, December 15th. Like a lot of these guys, a lot of that class really committed late after Michigan, you know, went on that run to to win the um, uh, Big Ten championship. So uh, it is right now. Like this is that that's that's where like the silver lining is for me, right? Is that Michigan? There's a lot of time left as well, and yeah, that can work against you as it gets later, but it also could work in your favor too, right? Like Michigan still has a lot of guys that they want to bring in in this class. You you mentioned the wide receiver position. I don't follow recruiting super closely, uh, like like Vaughn and John. So if you want like the full breakdown, obviously, uh, t- tune into Future Blue, part of the Block M podcast network but i know the the goodwin kid that's teammates with, with jane davis uh the gatlin blair kid who's just an absolute burner like they're probably going to address what you were talking about at the receiver position uh hopefully with, with those couple of guys but it, you just see like how close the guys are in this recruiting class and that's what's what's kind of been the difference is these guys like they all seem to be really close and friends yeah. and that's the type of class that is is probably more likely than not going to be able to stick together through the tough times in the next three to five years coming into Ann Arbor. Like, uh, yeah, you can you can sign a big class like Texas A and M, but then what happens? Promises aren't right. filled. The guys aren't close. It's a mass exodus. You know, this this is the type of class that could potentially stay together and sustain, and maybe even get you over that next potential hump. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad that you brought that up because it's been so nice to see on Twitter. Like all of these guys are tweeting with each other. They're they're beefing with Ohio State commits, arguing about which team <laughs> has the better class. Like it's awesome to see. And you know, how like, back yes, is the is that rivalry? Oh by my the way. god, dude, it's it's so awesome. And I mean, I think we talked about it a couple of weeks like that that ten year war. It it looks like it could be coming back because there's a there's so much fire in the rivalry right now it's it's so good um but yeah seeing those guys come together on twitter they're always talking tweeting to each other um like yesterday when you know we knew we were going to get a couple commits um they were they were all tweeting about it and and you see them you know whenever anyone posts a top five graphic of their top five schools and they have michigan they're all tweeting at them like you know you know where's home stuff like that um so yeah it's a really tight-knit group 
And, and you mentioned, you know, getting to the top. I think, I mean, that's what's so important about this class is Michigan right now is like, these kids really truly believe that they can come in and win a national championship at Michigan. Um, and, and from, from what's happened the past couple of years, they certainly should believe that. And, and the hype is all there going into this season. And this is such a big year because, you know, obviously 2021, 2022, Michigan's going up, you know, 2021, get, get the big 10, get in the playoff, you know, that playoff game sucked. We got blown out. Um, but then, you know, last year, obviously it sucked in a totally different way. Um, but you know, Michigan didn't win by, by 23, um, or they didn't lose by 23, excuse me. They obviously didn't win by 23 either. Um, but (laughs) you know, now this is such an important year to, to show that, you know, they're still on the climb and they can still keep going up and just, you know, not level off because all these guys really believe that they can come to Michigan and win a national championship. And Michigan's got to do a good job of keeping that belief there. And I really love too, right? Just the fact that they have been going so hard uh, up front with the offensive line. I mean, you take a look at it, Andrew Sprague, uh, the four-star offensive tackle, number nine in the country uh, at the offensive tackle position, 156th overall. Blake Frazier out of Texas, number 20 at the offensive tackle position. You got the interior lineman in, in Luke Hamilton, 22nd. Uh, at the p- position, Ben Ro- uh, Roebuck out of Ohio. Now, he's not ranked all that high, but the kid is 6'7", 320, and Michigan has a very good track record of developing guys. And that, coupled with how they've recruited the last couple of years at the offensive line position or positions, I mean, that's that's what they know is their bread and butter, right? Like Ohio mm-hmm. State, we know what they do. They go out and they get the they get the speedsters they get the incredible playmakers the the five star wide receivers and they like to sling it all over the field but Michigan's going to punch you in the mouth like that's how they've designed their way they're not going to beat Ohio State at their own game Michigan is going to take Jim Harbaugh's identity like they have the last 2 years and they're going to continue that now right like this is what Jim Harbaugh did at Stanford and now he's finally got it to the position but maybe even a little better, bringing in some incredible playmakers and a couple of five-star quarterbacks. J.J. McCarthy first, now you're bringing in Jaden Davis, a guy like Brady Price Gordon, who's got a chance to be an absolute star. Uh, Jordan Marshall and maybe another big-time running back on the way. We'll see. Like, I mean, he's the way they're recruiting, it's not only great on paper, but it goes along with the way that Michigan is going to try and win football games. Exactly, and it's it's crazy to see you know, how far we've come from, you know, a couple of years ago at the spring game, someone flew a plane over the big house saying, Jim, it's okay to pass it on first down. Try it once <laughs> in a while. Like, like we lost faith in, 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 in Jim Harbaugh's plan to, you know, being a power run the football type of program. Um, but, you know, he, he really stuck with it. And, and, and after that 2020 season, you could see like, Michigan started treating the rivalry with Ohio State completely differently. And ever since then, the rivalry has been completely flipped on its head. Um, he's building teams to beat Ohio State. Like even like the past two years, Michigan's been pretty heavy underdogs going into that game. You know, Ohio State's been favored by over a touchdown. Um, you know, like the whole season, everyone outside of Beckler Hall is thinking that Ohio State's going to beat Michigan. But the whole time, Harbaugh is just building a team to beat Ohio State. That's what he's crafting, um, and and it's working. And you know, we're gonna find out a lot about 
Ohio State's program and how good of a coach Ryan Day is with how that game goes this year. Can I also just mention one last thing on on the recruiting uh, front that I really it, it just irks me a, a little bit is the fact that everyone like, you know, if you go and I understand everyone's going to talk some sort of shit uh, about everything. Right. But like when when anyone posted anything about Michigan being currently the number one class, the biggest thing is, oh, it's just because you have so many commits. Look at the look at the average. And I hate that so much because yeah. the the think about it, man, like just just think about it. I understand doing that in basketball. That makes sense. But there are so many damn players on a football team like yeah. there are 22 starters. And, and then you include all of the depth. I mean, there are there's 40 guys, 40 to 45 guys playing in every single game when you count special teams and everything like that, like. And so, no, you can't just look at the player average. Like if you have, if you sign three, five stars and a team signs 22, four stars, like your average per player is going to be higher, but they have the far and away better recruiting class that is going to translate to winning football games. It is, it's so mind boggling that that's where everyone goes. Oh, you got to look at the player average. No, the formula is set to take that into account when, yes. when you go to the 247 composite. Like, it already takes that into account. Wake Forest and Michigan have the same number of recruits. They both have 14. Wake Forest has 157.98 in their in their uh, points. Michigan's at 234.77. Like, so if it was just the number of recruits, Wake Forest would be number two. Like, no, that that's part of it. I understand, you know, why people want to do that. In in Ohio State and Georgia, they've got some really good players, and and they probably are going to eventually jump Michigan here in, in the total class. But no, you cannot just look at the average player in the class because football is played with more than four freaking guys. Dude, I'm 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 very glad that you brought that up because. What one of my one of my good friends is is an Ohio State fan, um, and it's it's tough it's tough on the friendship, um, but he he says the same shit, and I I'm like dude it doesn't like that like you said there is a reason why the recruiting rankings factor that stuff in, yes. and there's a reason why Michigan is ahead currently. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure to tell him you know go to about you know 15 16 minute mark of of this podcast just to listen to it so I can see how stupid you sound. Because it's there's a reason that there is a formula that has Michigan ranked above. Like I I have never understood that. And and like you said, dude, like every team, especially when their rival is doing better than them in something, they're gonna have an excuse and say, Oh, well, you know, we just look at the average, but you know if the roles were reversed, they would be saying the complete opposite thing. Absolutely. Like if Florida, if if Florida did not sign an entire another recruit the rest of the year. They would have seven commits in the class, but their average player ranking would be 94.59, which would be number one in the country. Do you honestly believe that that recruiting class is going to put Florida as the best team in the SEC for the next three years? Like, no, no, that's that's not how this works. It's not how any of this works. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty simple to understand, too, when you when you lay it out like that. Um, so, yeah, I. I'm with you, man. I'll I'll never understand it. Let's just, you know, there's a ranking for a reason. Whoever's in first is in first. Let's just go by that. It's pretty simple. 
Support for this podcast brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel. And in case you aren't familiar with Homefield, it's a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. Their stuff is super comfy. It's officially licensed as well. They do not screw around when it comes to the designs. And the Homefield team studies the history, the traditions, the legacy of every school. And then with that information, create thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university. They've got some brand new Michigan designs that are amazing. I love all the designs. I told, I keep telling you, I got that awesome crew neck, the old school, the old Michigan football helmet in like, like that old font, like almost the 1980s, like kind of Rose Bowl font sort of thing. And it's so comfortable. It's so stylish. You got to get yourself some, you're going to be ready to go. Football season's right around the corner, repping at the big house. Get over to homefieldapparel.com and we're going to save you some money. Use promo code MICHIGAN15 for 15% off your first order. That's not just one item. That's your entire order. Again, 15% off using the promo code MICHIGAN15 at homefieldapparel.com. So Michigan obviously bringing guys in, but at the same time, transfer portal Guys going out uh, post-spring uh, post sort of uh, loss here for Michigan, losing three guys in the, the transfer portal uh, in R.J. Moten, Nakai Hill-Green, and A.J. Henning all uh, entering their names in the transfer portal. Um, I'll tell you the one that sticks out. First and foremost, like, like A.J. Henning, man, I, I feel bad because, I you know, he just never, never really found – that that niche right and 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 we really thought that that he was he was going to find it it just never really worked out I don't think it's it's anything against him I don't think it's anything against the coaching staff like sometimes it just doesn't work out I think he had I think I still think he's an incredible talent and wherever he goes is going to be lucky to get him I really do like AJ Henning it just didn't work out in the Michigan offense yeah, I totally agree. I mean, he showed he showed a really, really explosive ability. You know, had some really nice kick return touchdowns. Um, you know, kick started that game against Ohio State in twenty twenty one with a um, little end around touch. He was great on the end around man. That was like that was really the the main play that he was used for on the offense of Michigan was the end around, and he was great at it. Um, but yeah, it's it is uh, certainly. So I'm I'm definitely sad to see him go, but like you said, it's uh it just it just didn't work out, and you know I think that maybe he could be a better fit in a different offense. Yeah, and and you just pointed out like scoring that first touchdown at the big house against Ohio State two years ago, like he, yeah. he's forever gonna gonna live on in that moment in, in Michigan lore. You know exactly, exactly. Yeah, definitely, it's definitely a special touchdown. Yeah, and then uh the the one that. I, I really think sucks is Nakai Hill green uh, entering the transfer portal. Obviously we already know where he's going. He's, he's going join uh, coach Poggy at Charlotte. Uh, mm-hmm. Same as the Abiyoki. and Oh man, Nakai Hill green, just so much promise, so much potential. Like all last year, we were waiting for him to get back out there. Him, yeah. junior Colson, just flying around from the linebacker position, right? We were just waiting for it, but those dang, Soft tissue injuries, man. The, the hammy just never quite recovered. We didn't get a chance to see him last year. And 
I, I just I feel bad for him and and it just sucks because of how much promise he he really showed. And, and you know, it, it is what it is. Michigan went out, got like Ernest Hausman uh right. in the transfer portal, you know, um bolstered the the linebacker position. Michigan's got a lot of depth at that at that spot. You didn't play at all last year, probably a little bit behind coming off the injury. I totally understand uh the decision. It, it just from a fan perspective, man, it, it just stinks because I he, I think if he doesn't get hurt he's going to be one of the best linebackers in the big 10. Yeah, dude, I was I was having a conversation with my friends about it when he answered when he uh entered the portal and basically said the same things like uh it's it's honestly probably a smart move for him, but like you said it's so like that was one of the players I was just really excited to watch cuz he was like he was he was had so much promise and was having such a such a good year. I was really excited to see him last year and then the injury and like you said, I mean Michigan brought in Ernest Hausman and I think that you know, he probably was a little bit behind and he kind of realized, you know, I'm probably not going to be playing as much as I would want. Um, so at the end of the day, it was probably a smart decision for him to uh, to head elsewhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is a shame to see that. I mean, like you said, he was playing so well um, and was really going to be a really, really good linebacker. Um, but yeah, I mean, Michigan really strengthened the position when they got Ernest Hausman to transfer. Um, so definitely can't blame him, but yeah, it, it's sad to see. I was really excited to see him come back. And then finally, RJ Moulton, uh, entering the portal, not necessarily super surprising. Uh, I don't think, um, just, uh, it, it's a guy who he played a lot last year, but started to, to lose a little time, uh, to, in the back half of the season, he made some really good plays for Michigan, but, that that's another position where where guys are just coming right yeah. like like from what i've heard guy like keon sab who, who we talked about a little bit you know flipping from clemson we were talking about recruiting he's he's been coming along and and a couple other guys at that position as well just a lot of a lot of competition and, and for rj um a, a guy who you know if you believe in pff grades didn't grade out all that well uh last year but I, i'm sure the coaches probably thought something similar when watching the tape. So ultimately uh, it, it is what it is. And it's just uh, the name of the game these days, you know? Yeah. You know, it's it, it like you said, it's not too surprising, um, but I mean, he's another guy where um, it's just, he, he, he was, he was one of, one of my personal favorites as a fan, um, you know, and another, you know, he just has a lot of plays that were super memorable, like the, the, the tip interception against Maryland that really helped, See what was and ended up being a really tricky first Big Ten game for Michigan last year. Um, but yeah, it's just a it's just a position group that's really solid for Michigan. And and at the end of the day, with the transfers, it was it was really the um, the wide receiver position. You know, not only the AJ Henning transfer, but there was um, um, Andrew Anthony earlier in the in the off season. You know, right after the yep. playoff game. Um, I think that that really is the the position where, you know, there's transfer portal still open guys still in there. I think that's probably the the place that Michigan could maybe add a, add a little bit more depth um, after some of these losses. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And um, we don't know exactly what's going, uh, going to happen here, but sounds like some buzz potentially uh, about Michigan adding a guy in the form of James Turner, the kicker uh, out of Louisville. He's a he's a saline native, and uh, th- there is some buzz, nothing official here, but this is a guy who who was 20 and 22 last year. I think he was perfect inside 40 yards a, a year ago, and with Michigan m- losing Jake Moody, 
uh, bringing an experienced kicker for a team that's got aspirations uh, on another Big Ten title run and potentially an eyeing up a national championship run. Uh, Going to be very vital to to have that part of the game if they continue with their red zone struggles <laughs> that yeah, we've seen the last seriously. two years. Yeah, I think that the um, the kicker position, obviously, like it, it gets overlooked so much, but it, it was such, like I cannot say this enough, it was such a luxury to have Moody the past two years, man. I mean, even like that Illinois game, like that wasn't a long kick. I think it was around, you know, somewhere in the 30, 33, 37, somewhere around there. Um, but I mean, dude, for a, with the game on the line, like to just come in and you could see how calm and confident he was. Like yeah. he knew that kick was going in. Like most college kickers, like most teams just do not have that luxury. And he he has been just so good. I, I have not seen many college kickers like Jake Moody um, no. in my time watching college football. And I, I really I think about the, I really think about the kicker position a lot because I mean kickers can win and lose you some games and I think that would be a huge add. Um, I mean, perfect inside of forty is extremely hard to do. I think he was twenty of twenty two on the year from field goals. Uh, pretty similar statistics to Moody and yeah, I mean coming from Celine, like definitely, uh, definitely a, a good landing spot would be Michigan for the kid to come back home. I, yeah, you think about Jake Moody, right? And it was it was damn near a guaranteed three if you got inside the 35. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's such a luxury, dude. Especially playing in the Midwest and as as the game gets colder and, and the wind starts to swirl a little more later on in the season. And you mentioned the Illinois game. To, to have a guy like that, it's just – it is an incredible luxury. And I know Michigan has – has been active bringing in guys on the recruiting trail. Uh, but if you can go get a vet when you've got a team like you do here this year and you could solidify that position, I, I think you, you absolutely go do it if you have that chance. Yeah, I would 100% agree. Like, I think that, you know, that's a position where this year it could, you know, it could, it could come down to that, you know, in a big game and, and we could really find ourselves missing Jake Moody. So uh, I know Adam Samaha coming in. Uh, very true freshman. Um, so I'm not really too sure if, you know, maybe he's going to be the guy taking the kicks. Haven't really looked into it a lot, to be honest. Um, but I will say he went, he went to the same high school as me and that kid is going to be really good. Um, mm. I, I, he's been hitting like some 65 yarders. Um, so I think the, the future of the position is bright, but like a true freshman coming in, you know, it's, um, it would certainly be a, a, a good position to find a good veteran kicker. I think. So I, I just went and looked at the splits real quick. Jake Moody, eight of eleven in November and three of three in December. Like that's and, and that's that's winning time right there. Especially when you start yeah. taking a look at the schedule coming up here this year. Like so, losing that that's that's one area. You know when when everyone talks about what Michigan's bringing back, like yes, but but losing that guy, I mean you, you gotta you gotta find a way to replace the production. You know, yeah, and you know it's. It's a lot easier to, you know, make some of these long field goals if, you know, inside in a dome or something. But once you get out in, in Ann Arbor and it's 30 degrees and snowing in the winter and, and he comes in and just confidently knocks everything through. I mean, dude, the weather for that Illinois game was total shit. Mm -hmm. and, and Michigan could not get in the end zone. And he every single time you came out and I wasn't even nervous, man. I knew he was going to make those kicks. He like that's it. That is such a luxury to have. Um, and, and finding another guy that 
that can do that is it's it gets overlooked and it's such a crucial part of the game it's finally here manscaped is now selling beard products revolutionizing men's grooming with their brand new beard hedger pro kit from a beard trim to that fresh shave Technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape that signature beard look however you want it to be. It starts with the Beard Hedger. It's a cordless trimmer, a rotary wheel that gives you 20 haircutting lengths with a single guard. No more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. It's never been easy. Get those 20 beard lengths. It's waterproof. You can shave in the shower as well. And uh, so many great things with this entire Beard Hedger Pro Kit with the balm and the shampoo and it's got it all. We're going to get you 20% off and free shipping. All you got to do is head to manscaped.com and use promo code MNB20 to get 20% off your order. Again, manscaped.com, MNB20. We're going to get you 20% off your order and free shipping. So, Scotty, wrapping it up here, where can we find you on social media, my man? You guys can give me a follow on Twitter at ScottyWhite underscore. Um, you know, we got a lot of content during the offseason for football. Uh, baseball season's in full swing right now and all of the podcasts, everything will be posted there. So you can give me a follow on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Subscribe, rate, leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to check out all of the great shows on the Block M Podcast Network. For my partner, Scotty White, I'm Luke Giardi, and we'll see you next week on Feeling Blue.